Hi, and welcome to Superwomen, where we talk to amazing women shaping culture, changing the world, and lifting each other up along the way. I'm your host, Rebecca Minkoff, and today I'm excited to talk with Coco Rocha. When I first met Coco, she was the most technologically advanced supermodel, using Instagram and social media to change the game. She's a woman of many talents. As the owner, director, and a model at Nomad Management, plus being a mom of two, she's one busy lady. Superwomen is proud to have Prudential as its presenting sponsor. Prudential and wellness expert Alexandra Drain are traveling across America to learn more about our country's challenging financial landscape in a new project called The State of Us. To learn more about the financial challenges facing America, visit prudential.com forward slash state of us and stay tuned at the end of this episode to hear more about this important project. This is Coco Rocha on Superwomen. So thank you for doing this. You're welcome. Uh, One thing I love about you is you've always kept it real. Thank you. And that's always been, I think, something that women have identified with, that you're very real and honest. Um, Some people might draw conclusions about, you know, the Instagram world Mm -hmm. we all live in. So what are some things about you that people might not know Mm. or understand about you? (laughs) Well, I think a lot of people question why I post so much about my kids where a lot of models in my generation and also in this industry, they don't necessarily post at all. Or if they do, it's like the back of the head or just a little profile so you don't quite get the the image. A toenail. A toenail, a hand. And I get why they do it. I mean, some might not even understand why they do it. They just copycat other celebrities, which that frustrates me. But the real reason most people do it is um, a fear of kidnapping. Right. A fear of the fact that their kid will be taken from school or taken from them. And I understand that completely. But on the other hand, if I'm holding a kid's hand down the street, most likely that's my kid. <laughs> so you already know that this child that is with me, right. if you're a paparazzi or if you're just the kidnapper himself, <laughs> you most likely know that the kid that I'm holding hands with is the kid that I, is mine. Right. Um, but on the other hand, I post because I didn't, the, the first time Ionia was in her little stroller and we went to an event, there was a, a, a paparazzi that just went right into her little her bassinet and started taking photos. Kind of asked, hey, can I? And then he just started doing well. Like, you know, buddy. And he was like, oh, freedom of the press and walked away. And we were like, hmm, we got, we got to figure something out because she will be coming with us to jobs and to places. And I don't feel like that's fair. So we started taking the photos ourselves. And we thought, well, since we own the photos, we will put them out there. Those are the photos we want out there. And people will then take them from there. No press needs any more photos because you can just go to social media, grab, copy, paste, and there we have it. And you, I'm not going to find someone lurking in my bushes. Not that I'm Britney Spears. <laughs> but there's always that case of a somebody yeah. out there. And we've shared enough that you won't ask for more. Right. So that's the reason why we do it. And also, like, every mom in the whole wide world, you just want to share your photos because you think your kid is adorably cute and you want everyone else to agree with you that your kid is cute. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, there's that reason, too. You're just sharing because you're like every mom that's like, oh, look, now Ivory's laughing. Oh, look, Ioni's now spelling her name. You know, let me share that with you. But there are still those people that are very frustrated that I would, they, they believe I'm exploiting them. Which I'm thinking every other mom in Utah or Alabama, Canada, whatever, we're sharing it because we're moms and we're proud of our kids. So 
that's the annoying thing to hear people say you're exploiting your child and you're thinking, no, they're just kids and I'm just taking photos. Exactly. I know. I feel like when some people know I have a private one, they think they're going to see like some other part of my life. And I'm like, it's just my kids. And they quickly unfollow me. I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. You didn't want to see just my kids. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you don't want to just see my normal me. <laughs> not Sorry, the, not so boring. <laughs> Um, so one thing you've spoken about a lot is your own core beliefs and how you feel it's important for both brands and individuals to know theirs. Mm -hmm. So will you share and enlighten our listeners on why that's important? For sure. Um, well, I think that in this day and age, people just do things to do it for the sake of following a, maybe another brand, another person, and they really have no point or core belief themselves, which is kind of frustrating because I think there's so many copycats out there that um, it's refreshing to see maybe on social media or just um, in a, a corporate company, whatever, someone doing something different. Uh, the reason I do do things differently is, yes, my core belief comes from my faith, but also, also just early on in my career I realized if I wanted to continue to do this and believe what I believe, I was going to do it differently. Um, did I make mistakes early on and do I still? Of course. But you kind of learn from those. You realize, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to shoot that way. I don't want to work that way. And from this moment on, I'm going to do it differently. And that's okay to have those moments, but you learn from them. Um, for me personally, I wanted to shoot a certain way. So I didn't shoot nudes, semi-nudes with cigarettes. Um, if there's a boy, in what context am I shooting with this boy? Um, all sorts of stuff. In the industry, it was very confusing and maybe frustrating to people because they just thought, what is this binder of rules you are bringing to set? To others, they, they thought it was refreshing. They said, oh, wow, okay, here's another, this rather, here's a girl that's not just any other model. She's trying to be different. So to all the models out there that were shooting nudes or semi-nudes or whatever, no judgment to them because that, that's their thing. They want to do that. That's great. But I'm also showing other models, hey, there's other ways of modeling. There isn't just one way. So for the new generation, they didn't need to feel the... Like the feeling that they had to do whatever it was to like get the job. Get or, the job. Right. To be told, to be famous, you must you know, do what I say. Um, people could actually see, oh, there's this Coco model, and she kind of did it differently, and look at her career. So... As long as you're okay with the word no, or we're not working with you, or your brand doesn't work with my brand, then you'll be fine. But there's some people that just can't deal with that. They think, oh, I'll just, I just have to do it all in order to, to make everyone happy. And in the end, I want to leave this industry a little smarter, a little wiser, but still the same me, not yes. feeling regrets. Yeah, I think that's amazing because so many people are scared that if they don't say yes and open their legs, for lack of a better word... <laughs> you know, to, to opportunities, yeah. you know, that they won't make it. Yeah. Clearly you've done the opposite of that and here you are. Well, then I think it's like, what's the goal? Right. For me, with our modeling agency and talking to new models, we instantly, with the first question is, what's the goal? Right. Uh, if it's with a parent as well. And it's fascinating to hear the, the goals. Some, it's like, the goal is to be a doctor one day. And you're like, wow, cool. Or her, some goals, which a lot of the goal is, I want that campaign from that really famous designer and you go that's the end goal that's that's it right. like once you get it what do you do <laughs> <laughs> and that to me tells me there isn't any 
nothing else but fame dri driving them. So that scares me because fame should never be the, the end goal. Totally. It's not, uh, it's not fun to get there. And then you're like, wait, this is it. Party for one. Yeah. And you realize <laughs> this, it's not as fun as you thought or... Or it took a lot of hard work to get there. It takes a lot of hard work and you just, you never feel satisfied right. if that is the goal. So one of the things um, that you've also been outspoken against is eating disorders, especially within the fashion industry. How do you sort of use that to make women feel more confident or help women find their voice that they are suffering from a disorder or feeling the pressures of the industry to have this perfect size zero body to, to just sort of not listen to that? That's hard, uh, especially in if we're coming from a model's perspective and talking to models, but I mean, it's in, it's in everything. 100%. Um, but let's just say for the models out there, it's hard to all of a sudden be told at a young age of 15, 16, oh my goodness, you're the next big thing, we're going to use you for everything, and maybe that does happen, and then next season all of a sudden you're not the best thing, there's something wrong with you. In fact, you're looking a little heavier or your face is a little plumper and no one's explained to you what's happening to your body, which is puberty. You're hitting puberty, you're hitting normalcy, it's totally fine, you're getting some boobs, some hips, it's a-okay, but the industry kind of forgets that they're dealing with a child. You are dealing with a child. And telling them those things, it, they go back to high school, or in fact, they are still in high school, and they go into, oh my goodness, I'm not the cool kid, I'm not looking good, what, how can I make them happy? And you want to, as a, a child or a teenager, you always are trying to make people happy in your surroundings. If it's your clique, if it's your teachers, or if it's that client, you're trying to figure out what will make them happy. So if they're telling you you're, you're too big, well, I'm going to try and fix that problem, which it isn't a problem. You're just you. In other words, yes, you can work out. Yes, you can be healthy. So there is a, a variety of things happening here. There are girls that could maybe be a bit lazy and they left home and they're eating. They're, they're, they're eating terrible things and they don't realize like it's good and healthy to go for a walk, a jog, a dance class or whatever. Yeah. On the other hand, there's other girls that stop eating start working out all the time um, thinking that this is the answer and it isn't because you will never be perfect for every client again we go back to the fact that you will hear the word no um, and it's okay because in this industry you want variety you don't want to be every you do <laughs> secretly you do want to be every client's face of every campaign but as looking into this industry, it's kind of tiring and boring when I see the same face for every campaign. And it happens. And you think, what is everyone drinking to think like it, we should have all the same girls for all the same campaigns. And next season, it's a, a different girl. And it's kind of boring for the reader yeah. to, to see that. So as a model, don't worry if that's not happening to you. You, know, you, you find a, a core group of designers you love them, you work with them, they think of you as their muse, that's great. Your highs and lows is your body, they're okay with it. And know that that's, that's who you want to be working with, not people that are judging you for just being you. Right. And I think now we're seeing, you know, we saw in Hollywood with Me Too, mm -hmm. it's, it's, I feel like, just scratched the surface of the modeling industry. Yeah. There was a couple of photographers called out, mm -hmm. and then it sort of stopped. Do you feel yeah. like with this and 
us being in this industry, knowing that there is more beneath that surface, that your activism is going to increase? Well, here's the thing. I was talking about this subject um, close to 10 years ago, maybe nine, uh, and pretty much shut down immediately for talking about this, from body issues to all the way to the spectrum of uh, sexual harassment, and even calling out a name. Um, And it was interesting then to see even other models in my generation doing that and losing their jobs. Completely gone, went off to work doing other things uh, because it was inappropriate or that is our job, that is our purpose. Um, Not just so much sexual harassment, more so to look a certain way, but that was woven into it. Um, And people just didn't really care. Uh, to hear that. So when I'm seeing 2018, finally, yes, I am happy. Don't think of me as begrudging or saying, you know, you should have listened to me, but you should have listened to us back then. And so hearing that people are all pro the the Me Too movement and the people that we were talking to and asking for help, legit help, and now here talking about it, it's almost like, is this a PR stunt? Because I I don't feel the genuine belief. And like you just said, it, people talked about it for a minute. There were some great uh, press on it, and then it just died went down and went away. And that's how it always has been. So to me, it's not shocking. Right. I'm not surprised. Um, certain individuals that were called out, it seems like they have finally kind of been um, forced out by the public. It's, I think the public forced those people in high power to have to do something about it. Would this all come about on its own? No. And would they have done it on their own? No, because they knew about it. Right. There have been us, us and many before me right. talking about this to them, and it was just kind of shrugged off the shoulders. I couldn't do anything anymore, so I kind of stepped back and realized I've said enough. I've been called the whistleblower. I'm frustrating people. I'm not really helping the problem. So... I stepped back and I thought, how can I do something different? So for me, it was creating a modeling agency where I have a safe place for models, uh, male models and female models. Um, I can't promise that nothing's going to happen to them, but if something does happen to them, they do know that we are there to take care of them, that I'm the big mama, the sister, the whatever, the big bear. If something happens, I need them to tell me. I can't, I can't force people to tell me their stories. So. Okay. And 10 years from now, is one of my models going to say something? I hope not, but that could happen. But I'm always reiterating, let me know so I can do something about it because that's the whole purpose of this agency, for it to be safe. That I will always have your back. I'm not going to have the client's back. Um, You are my client. I love that. So hopefully they understand that. But when you're a young model, you kind of think, I can do it all on my own. I can really do this by myself. Right. And that isn't what we're here for. We're here to help you. Right. That's refreshing. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a risk and it feels awkward to stick your neck out. But it does. I think but, it's important. But now I guess I'm just at a point where I'm not shooting every campaign. I'm not on every runway. I'm, I'm kind of sick and tired of just those in power kind of standing there not doing anything. Again, 2018 has shifted that. That really was exciting to see. Um, and I'm happy that they have been forced to do something about it. Yeah. So switching topics here, mm-hmm. our favorite topic, motherhood. 
breastfeeding. Breastfeeding <laughs> and mama. How have you changed since becoming a mom? Aside from the fact that you might not get a shower, but you <laughs> or get any sleep. Let's not even yeah. go there. Yeah, this, the shower <laughs> thing is real. Like some days I get two in a day and I'm like, what happened? <laughs> and then I haven't showered for like three days and it's great. If I get one every fourth day, I'm like, wow. Yes. I know. Isn't that weird? And you're like, I have a husband and I do <laughs> have someone that helps me. And I even have in-laws that come. Why am I not getting the shower? <laughs> I'm not lazy, I swear. Uh, um, what's changed? Oh, my goodness. I think, I don't think I was super selfish before, but I guess you're selfish in the sense that you're taking care of yourself, your husband, you're doing your own thing, and then all of a sudden, it's just not about you anymore, and I love it. Like, that is my favorite thing. I don't know how moms, nine to five jobs, I get to bring Ioni and Ivor wherever I go and choose to, where there's just moms that have nine to five jobs and they don't have that opportunity. They don't get to do that. Um, and they're like everything to me. It's like, even today, I'm just here for a few hours. I go to Brooklyn for a few hours and I go home. Like, <laughs> I wish you were with me. <laughs> it's, it's sad and pathetic, but it's the best thing ever. Um, yeah, uh, all I do is think about how they can have a fun day. Like when I, I am home, I'm thinking, okay, well, we can't stay here all day. We've got to go do something fun. Um, I always try and do one thing out of the house. But lately, it's been one thing, and I'm like, well, that wasn't enough. We've got to do something else now. And you know who kind of made me that? My sister-in-law. Your sister-in-law. The best. She is so good. I see on Instagram, and I'm like, oh, she's been out like six times today. I've only made it out once. I know. She has a gift. I'm like, you explore New York City like a tourist in the best way. It's so good. And they're always playing those kids. So that, to me, inspires me to be like, go out there, get motivated, do something with your kid. If it's even creative, coloring, making something. But I want to make sure that every day they're like, wow, I've, I've done something. Like, something fun with my parents. I want them to always look back and like, I had the best life possible. And everyone always asks me, hey, is your kid in preschool? I'm like, no. And then I get this kind of judgy look, like, well, you haven't put your kid in preschool. And I go, my kid is, like, we're going Seeing to Central K in a week. Right. Preschool is not Central K. We're going to be <laughs> playing in pools. We're going to have lots of fun with our friends. They're going to teach her, I don't know what, but, you know, she's learning yeah. as we go. Um, she will go to school, calm down, everyone. But I just don't think she needs to go to preschool in order to, to learn something. She's, she is learning something. So that, that's interesting, the viewpoint on why I have not put my child in preschool. And back home in Canada, preschool was kind of babysitting. Right. It wasn't now. It's a legit school program. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I just don't see the point for my lifestyle and my mothering style. Totally. But for other people, I know that works. Yeah. I mean, to each your own, right? Exactly. So who, speaking of different people's views, who's your support circle? It can be men and women, but mm -hmm. do you have like a core group of people that are really, you know, just are your village? Yes. Well, I think it's my entire family. Yeah. My, James is my support in work and everything about my like what I'm doing day to day I go to James it's he is my calendar he is my <laughs> my manager PR everything that is James um, I mean and also daddy a very good daddy there James I mean Ioni is obsessed with James for all things fun <laughs> like 
mommy will not throw you in the air. Mommy will not play that game. <laughs> like that is where you go for pure fun. And especially since Ivor's come, he's had to kind of, I wouldn't say step it up, but he has. I was the one that would go in the middle of the night if I only was having issues with sleeping or if waking up early in the morning. My job right now is Ivor and feeding Ivor and schedule of Ivor. And his job right now is when she does have those nightmares, those moments in the night, early breakfast morning. So that's also been amazing. My other core for family-oriented issues would be, oh my gosh, grandma, grandpa, nana, pops, Gigi. Those are all grandparents nice. that come and go uh, depending on what we need. So grandma and grandpa, um, they live... One lives a little further up in one of our other houses um, that we, it's like our summer house, I guess you call. Um, and she comes in, right now she's taking care of Ivor and Ioni. Um, grandpa would come, you know, another day, so it's not all grandma. And then uh, my mom is a flight attendant, so she flies to wherever I go for a trip. So I just came back from Paris, I brought Ivor, she flew to Paris. So for the evening event that I was there for, she took care of him. Um, and when it comes to being in Canada, we have Nana and Pops who take care of them when we're out there. So I have been able to do it so that we do have a nanny, but she's there for half days and she doesn't travel with us. She has her own family. And I have been, been able to do this solely with family. Wow. Which I didn't have that as a kid. My mom, like I said, a flight attendant, which equal to 58 babysitters in my life. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You counted. Fun fact. Wow. That we could actually count. So that, wow. that included anyone that my mom even said, oh my goodness, I'm leaving today. I need somebody. Hey, Rebecca, can you take care of me? You counted <laughs> it as a babysitter. Like it was yeah. anyone that could take care of me. So 58 human beings had to take care of this person so when I had a kid I was like I'm not doing that we have to figure a way that this kid just is always happy to have family around that not worry that mommy left and now left with someone else this time around so we've been able to do that and I'm so thankful for them wow and I hope they know that and it's even funny his mom's like so if you're having a third we're discussing this <laughs> as a family <laughs> you can't just talk by yourselves yeah, the third is the game changer. That's when, like, my gra my parents are, like, tapping out, not doing all three. We'll do two, we'll do one, but no. That's amazing. Even babysitters are, like, not doing three. Good to know. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that. Because <laughs> we're like, will we do three? But it is funny. Grandma's like, we no joke. We're having that, like, sit down, let's talk. I'm oh, like, my gosh. You don't enjoy two? <laughs> <laughs> So one of the things that I like to ask all my guests um, is something about you that people would be surprised to know. I'll share it with you first so you feel comfortable. All right. I could share two, actually. When I first moved to New York, someone on the street said, you should model. And I was like, oh, okay. And I went to this. It was probably not even an agency. It was probably a fake guy who was sick in the head. But anyways, I went <laughs> to the open casting, and he's like, you're really hairy. Oh, you need yeah. to shave your arms and your neck. Nice. And so I promptly went and shaved my arms, which I don't recommend doing because when it grows back, it's not fun. Okay. And my neck and my sideburns. And then he still said, no bueno. Horrible human being. <laughs> it's fine. I got Do you know it. his name? No. You want to call him out? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could. It was like back when there were classified ads and like um, open casting. So annoying. Yeah. 
What? I'm like, what? Well, someone told me to shave. Well, I have had people tell me to, re well, once. One time. Someone to remove my lower rib. <gasps> yeah. Models Whoa. used to do that. Remove their rib. So if you're an, uh, I was going to say an Irish dancer. Nope. If you're a dancer in general, you, I don't know, you used to dance, didn't you? Yeah. So do you have a very high rib cage? Can you, I don't know how to explain it. It would be very up high instead right. of low and in. Okay. I think mine's low and in, but it's really hard to tell because my boobs are so, so big, big right now. that <laughs> I actually can't see anything other than, right. I can't even see my belly button. So <laughs> usually dancers breathe very high so okay. instead of our full lung capacity. So as a kid, you have created your lungs, oh, sorry, your rib cage. I'm not a doctor here, guys, but you will notice most dancers have very high rib cage because of how you breathe. Okay. You don't use everything. Also means most dancers have a very high voice. Weird. I learned this from I didn't a, know that. Uh, um, um, acting, what do you call him, coach? And he made me cry because he literally was like, your voice is too high. We're going to break you down and start over. And I was like, I don't want to act because this man is not my therapist. This sucks. But yes, anyway, so to, to a lot of models, people way back, I would say like 40s, 50s, uh, they would remove their their lowest the rib. lowest rib so Crazy. that you could fit into your gowns. And but I you thought, didn't do it. No, I didn't do it. Okay, they also yes. would tell you to. I didn't get this, but cut off your pinky toes to fit into shoes. To fit into shoes. Oh, terrible. Uh, way back, and there are some models that have done that. I don't want to look at their feet. <laughs> <laughs> Not this day and age, but yes, some of your older generation had to do that, or felt they had to do that. Wow. So, yeah, when I got that ribcage thing, I'm like, huh, do people listen to you? Because <laughs> that is crazy. That is messed up. Yeah. So my last question for you, and one uh, that I wanted to ask, and I ask everybody, yeah. I guess another one. You know, I want this podcast to inspire women, take away something that they can learn. So if you have any last words of advice, what would that be? Don't remove your pinky toe. No, <laughs> <laughs> Don't remove your ribs. Don't remove your ribs. Oh, oh my goodness. I think, um, oh, this day and age... We're all pro-women, and it's, you know, year 2018, it's the year of the women, but at the same time, there seems to be a lot of negativity towards women from women, and that's what baffles me, is that especially even social media, you post something, and you think it's positive, it's great, and everyone's going to be inspired, and then someone says something, and you go, who is this person? And they're a mother of three from who knows where and you think what are you doing like we're here to help one another so I think that although we all judge I do it too I, I can say don't judge but in the back of your head you're like hmm that was an interesting choice from that mother or that that client or that company but um, it's okay for that conversation of why you do what you do and explain it to me but we don't need another negative moment you know for us to I guess, thrive or for us to go up that ladder, you know, we, we can't be attacking one another. It won't work. So really, I think for all of us is just to step back, think about what we're doing. That's, for example, there's no one right way of being a mom. There's a thousand ways of being a mom. Someone had said to me, can I give you a piece of advice? No. And I hated it, but she was like, don't take anyone's advice. And no. I thought, that I will live by. I mean, you can you can take it if you like, but you do not. It, 
it's not the all-end answer. So for, for moms, that works. For owning a company, that works. For wives, that works. You know, you can give me a suggestion, but don't expect people to take it as the written law. And don't, don't frustrate yourself with being bombarded by all this information. You do you. You know what's right. You have that inner feeling, that gut. Use it. It's there for a reason. And if you mess up, so what? But don't, don't let all the noise bother you. All I have to say to that is amen. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for doing this. Ah, thank you for having me. That was Coco Rocha, owner, director, and model at Nomad Management. You can find her on Instagram at Coco Rocha, that's C-O-C-O-R-O-C-H-A. Thanks for listening to Superwomen. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts. Tune in next week where we hear from Garance Dore, the iconic fashionista and founder of Atelier Dore. The most important is to be do things for yourself. I think we spend so much time doing things because we think that, you know, we'll be appreciated by others or like, I think the first job we have is connect to ourselves. And again, like I feel like once we have that, the mirrors that, you know, society puts at us don't reach so far and we don't think that we have to make life this incredible like juggling act of doing everything at the same time. Superwomen is brought to you by Prudential, promoting their new project, The State of Us. Today, less than half of us believe we're on track to meet our financial goals. America is changing, and with it, the financial challenges we face. That's why Prudential has partnered with wellness expert Alexandra Drain. They're traveling across the country, talking to real people in a project called The State of Us. From the town with the longest lifespan, to the town with the highest birth rate, to the smallest town in America. Their goal is to uncover challenges getting in the way of financial wellness. Because even though our challenges may seem overwhelming, Prudential believes there's a path forward for everyone. To learn more about the financial challenges facing America, visit prudential.com forward slash state of us.